Welcome to the Self-Care Society podcast with your hosts, Celia Williamson, Ashley Kucher, Louis Guardiola, and Carrie Shaw, a podcast devoted to those whose job it is to help others get or remain mentally, physically, and emotionally healthy, but who also need to take care of themselves. How we're going to do this? By first showing you the filtered, pretty version of success, and then the real struggles, real work, and raw grit it took to get there, how they took care of themselves and also achieved their goals while doing it. Together, we will work with you to improve and maintain your internal health and growth while helping you achieve your external goals and your next professional achievement in life. And we're excited to show you how to follow your own individual and unique path and achieve the dreams you have while taking good care of yourself. So let's get started. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Self-Care Society podcast. My name is Isabel Matosian. Last month, I started a small series about grief, and that episode focused on supporting children as they experience the death of a loved one. Today, we'll carry on with that topic, this time focusing on grieving in adulthood. I'll also cover a bit about how grief relates to this month's topic of microaggressions and coping with the isms. There are many different circumstances that can lead us to the grieving process, all tragic in their own way, whether it be a sudden unexpected loss, perhaps by suicide, murder, or an accident, or an expected long-term loss due to age or illness. The grieving process differs, but at the core of it all, it looks pretty similar. It's a huge shift in your own cosmos a new dynamic brought on by a horrible situation that we all endure at one time or another. While the circumstances are important to your personal experience, today we'll focus on the general grieving process. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the five stages of grief, also known as the Kubler-Ross model, those being denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. These stages, while often thought of as having a specific order, can happen at any time. They can also apply to many circumstances, not just death. They are the five most common symptoms, not the only symptoms, but the most common symptoms of grief, as observed by the Swiss-American psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Let's talk through these a bit, specifically relating to death grieving. Denial is a common defense mechanism when confronted with a loss. The first instinct may be not to believe the news or to expect someone to say that it was all a mistake. The shock of losing someone can be so great that you go numb emotionally and physically even. You lose sight of where you are and what's happening around you as you try to wrap your mind around this new reality you've been launched into. This numbness allows you to process your grief at your own pace, so give yourself some grace. When you are ready to confront the emotions that are broiling under the surface, your body and instincts will start to respond to them, just as they shut down briefly for your own protection. Anger is another way that you may instinctively transfer the pain of that loss into another sensation. It's often a rejected emotion in our cultures. We do our best to avoid it rather than learning how to actually deal with anger. Why did this happen to you? Why did that person have to leave you? 
These are not unusual questions that people find themselves asking. The anger may be accompanied by rage, anxiety, impatience, or some other emotion. You may even feel guilty for feeling angry. Whatever the feeling is, the events of this stage may be intended to help draw you out of the numbness of denial. Anger is an emotion. It's a step in the grieving process that gets you closer to the acceptance your mind and body are naturally seeking. With bargaining, you find yourself questioning what you could have done differently that would have prevented that loss. In this stage, you find yourself grappling for control of an entirely uncontrollable situation. Ultimately, you're forced to face the reality of the loss because it is an inevitable part of life that death will come to us all in one way or another, whether it is our own death or the death of someone we care for. The depression stage is also experienced differently. Maybe it is sadness or exhaustion. It could also be a lack of interest in things you usually would enjoy, or maybe it's not wanting to eat anything. It is incredibly difficult to endure, but is an important part of grieving. This is the part where you truly face the reality of the loss and become overwhelmed by the sadness. And lastly, acceptance, where you acknowledge the loss you experienced and learn to adjust accordingly. You start to move forward in your new reality, your life without that person or with a new dynamic in your family, friends, or acquaintance groups. It doesn't mean you are okay with everything that's happened, but it means that you're prepared to face the world again. Please remember that these are common symptoms of grief but not the only ones. There's no true code, pattern, or order. Grief is experienced so differently depending on your relationship to the person you've lost, the circumstance of their death, your own emotional processing ability, and so much more. There's no wrong way to grieve. And let me repeat that again to be clear. There is no wrong way to grieve. In my own experience, I lost my grandmother a week ago, and it was difficult for me to cry because I think I was feeling numb for a while. And then once I got through that part, I was just tired. I was distracted and having trouble working, and I'm still processing that grief. I'm still working my way through the different stages. But at the end of the day, I know that I have to be patient with myself. I can't judge myself for forgetting something, not sending that email, whatever, because I'm going through a process that I've been through before, that other people are going through at the same time. I'm going through something hard, a loss. And it's okay to take the time to do that. Now, this month, our theme is about coping with microaggressions and the isms. Grieving is different between cultures as well as circumstance. Some cultures have their own traditions and beliefs surrounding death. But what I want to focus on when we discuss the isms affecting grief is not the culture, but the lack of equity in grief. Black people and people of color have been in a state of grieving since the day that their ancestors were torn from their homes and forced into slavery in this country. That trauma is passed down through generations. 
The combination of generational trauma, health inequities, displacement, and blatant racism that persists today exacerbates physical and psychological experiences in the Black community. Then we have the horrific exposure of the racism ingrained in our country after the pandemic hit in 2020. We saw that the largest number of COVID-19 deaths were people who identified as non-Hispanic Black. Coronavirus impacted Black people and people of color more than others because of a history of health inequity in this country. It traces all the way back to slavery when chronic medical issues were developed due to terrible conditions, which impacted the children of those slaves and their children's children. We can also consider housing and environmental inequities, with Black communities being forced to live in locations with worse environmental conditions or near factories where the air quality is low. These were all results of segregation, displacement, and exclusion of Black people from areas where the conditions were safer. And then you can exasperate those issues further by looking at the healthcare system, which for so long was influenced by inaccurate information drawn from sources that were deeply rooted in our racist culture. All of these issues, as well as others, contributed to the higher death rate due to coronavirus in the Black community. It would take hours to discuss that topic in more detail, so we'll save it for another episode. But for today, we'll recognize simply that disparities in healthcare and living conditions leading to chronic and genetic medical conditions were a result of that oppression. It's also related to the specific jobs that many Black people work and the lack of flexibility in terms of working remotely, social distancing, and safety. Also deeply rooted in a history of oppression, displacement, and segregation. In addition to COVID-19, we also witnessed the horrific murders of Black men and women resulting from police brutality and ignorant white fear. Black people in this country are not safe to grieve their losses because their losses keep coming. Every day in the past few years, it has seemed like there was a horrible new reality to wake up to and no time to process the losses. Death is commonly considered one of the things that ties all people together, even with the disparities I've mentioned. It is similar to birth or even music in that it's universal. I've lost a lot of people in my life. I've seen sudden deaths, slow ones, old or young. When a friend of mine died in surgery when I was in college, my dad sent me a poem and it helped me to cry. Until he sent it, I was numb doing what I could to protect myself from the pain of that loss. It is a poem that was intended for children, but I think it's appropriate because in a lot of ways, we're all like children when we experience grief. We're exploring and getting to know a strange new world all over again. It is intended to be about grieving a child getting older, but my interpretation has always been that it is about learning how to grieve in new ways as we grow. The poem is called Spring and Fall, written by Gerard Manley Hopkins. It goes like this. Margaret, are you grieving over Golden Grove unleaving? Leaves like the things of man you, with your fresh thoughts care for, can you? Ah, as the heart grows older, it will come to such sights colder. By and by, nor spare a sigh, 
the worlds of one would leave me a lie. And yet you will weep and know why. Now no matter, child, the name, sorrow's springs are the same. Nor mouth had, no nor mind expressed. What heart heard of, ghost guessed. It is the blight man was born for. It is Margaret you mourn for. Thank you for listening to the Self-Care Society podcast and taking this time for yourself. I know that talking about grief is hard. I know that we've talked a lot of stressful topics on these podcasts, um, but this is one of those topics that everybody struggles with, everybody faces. Um, so I hope that you are able to have a good, lighthearted, fun day. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. That concludes this week's episode. And remember, it's not selfish, it's self-care.